0: Deception technologies are among the top 10 cybersecurity technologies identified by analysts from Gartner for the year 2016, and with good reason. In an age where practitioners are being overwhelmed with speed and volume on a scale like never before, there is a need to step back and re-evaluate if there are better ways that security can be approached to meet the challenge of the current environment. Deception technologies have a lot to offer, from greatly reduced false positives to real-time attack intelligence that is agnostic of the tools and techniques being used by the attacker. Hi. I am Varun Haran, Associate Editor with Information Security Media Group in Asia. To speak more about how practitioners can use deception to their advantage, I spoke with Sahir Hidayatullah, Founder and CEO at Smokescreen Technologies, who are pioneers in the deception and active defense area. Sahir will be sharing practical insights on the different open source tools and techniques practitioners can use to get started with deploying deception as part of their defense and also some of the challenges they can expect on the way. Do listen to the first part of this podcast on the evolution and relevance of deception technology on ISMG's network. Hi, Sahir. Thanks for joining us today. Hi, Varun. If a practitioner were to look at implementing deception technology, one, what is the way that he can do it? If you could just walk me through some ways of doing this in an open source fashion, not particular emphasis on one tool or the other, and I think you're also in the market, you have a tool that does this. And second, what are some of the challenges he can expect?
1: So I think there's a number of very good open source tools, and we encourage people to try them because it lets them understand the concept of deception. You've got, uh, in fact, live CDs like Drive, which you can download, which come preloaded with a bunch of open source honeypots. Very useful, lots of different things. Uh, there are web honeypots like Lastoff. uh, You've got Dionea for a network honeypot. So these are some of the more common ones. Kippo for SSH. Uh, These are things you can download and use today. Uh, You mentioned the challenge and that's the challenge we're probably trying to solve. These are not enterprise ready. You can play with these in your lab. You can play with them in your network at a small scale. You can't deploy them enterprise wide. You can't manage them centrally. You can't look after them. Monitor them appropriately. That's the primary challenge. So the open source stuff is very effective. You should use it, you should try it out. But the second you say, okay, this has value, I believe there's value here, you need to look at an enterprise solution, which brings all the additionals around it in terms of monitoring, uptime, alerting, keeping them up to date, things like that.
0: You mentioned a couple of things that you can do. Tripwire systems, setting up fake profiles on social media. So can you walk me through some of those things?
1: Yeah. So I think it's very important that you have the maximum different types of deception to increase the chance of detecting an attacker. So we deploy deception through the entire kill chain. To start with, we deploy reconnaissance decoys. These are decoys which are external. They will only trigger when somebody is doing targeted reconnaissance for you. So it's not saying these are 10,000 Chinese IPs, block them. It's This is one IP address. It's targeting you by name. He's calling your name. And it it gets that. That's recon. The next is exploitation. So fake personas. These are literally fake people who will be spearfished, who will be targeted. So they are decoy personas. Mm -hmm. After that, we have decoy credentials. An attacker tries to privilege escalate in the network. So we have credentials which he would aspire to. Domain administrator credentials, ATM administrator, so on and so forth. So we have fake credentials through the network, which we scatter and they kind of trigger when they're used. So that's privilege escalation. Then we've got lateral move Movement, which is hundreds of fake systems all over the network running different services. So that detects when the guy tries to move from system to system. And the last stage, data theft, we have decoy documents, decoy files, which have an internal tripwire. If anybody accesses them and opens them or, you know, interacts with them, they actually silently phone home and say, hey, you know, someone's picked me up, someone's opened me. So you've got across the entire kill chain about 10 different types of deception and tripwires.
0: Right. And do you ever get false positives from these tripwires? So you you,
1: you do get the occasional, somebody wanted to connect to IP address something.20 and he connected to 21, which happened to be a decoy, this happens once in maybe months. So the false positive ratio, you, you can't technically call any system false positive free, but I would say the false positives are negligible, that they're not even measurable in terms of the overall scheme of things.
0: Right. right. I think there's also this obvious lack of offensive thinking on the uh, side of the practitioners. Yes. Right. So let me ask you, and I think this is particularly interesting is you've been doing this for a while now so when you do observe uh, attackers within such an environment such a sandbox what is the behavior that you notice
1: That's a very interesting question. We had an organization a couple of weeks ago who had some alerts on some of the decoys that we deploy for them and they were looking for access to a source code repository. Now the typical modus operandi that you would expect from the attacker would be drop some malware have a command and control site the usual things we expect. This was completely malwareless attack. There was no malware involved. They had stolen VPN credentials from somebody in the organization probably through spear phishing and they were using the legitimate credentials. The entire attack, end-to-end, did not involve anything other than the legitimate tools and credentials that are used in that organization, which means no behavioral detection system is going to catch them, no sandboxing solution is going to catch them, because it's looking just like normal activity. It is normal activity, right? This poses a tremendous challenge, and the organization when they saw this, they have investments in various other technologies. They said, you know what? It's not the fault of those technologies, but they can't catch this because the attacker's not doing anything bad per se. He's using someone's legitimate credentials. He's logging in through the legitimate VPN. He's accessing the source code repository the way a developer would, right? There's precious little that any solution could look at. Deception because it's not looking at the guy's tools, it's looking at intent. We got this guy on one of the decoys, which was a decoy source code server. And then we were able to understand that attack. So you were tracking him since you triggered that? Not just did we track him. our, Our slogan is actually detect, deflect, defeat. So the first thing we do is we detect. The next thing we do is we deflect. We actually push the person into a virtual world it's a one-way kind of uh, redirection where he's then playing in an environment where he can hack for, you know, days, weeks, and he can't come back out, right? So, that gives us a lot of context.
0: Uh, that sounds a bit like security kung fu, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I
1: remember something word.
0: interesting that you mentioned in terms of how an attacker's behavior changes when they know that they're dealing with some kind of deception technology. Can you just walk me through that?
1: Sure. So that was some brilliant research done by a gentleman called Fred Cohen. Fred Cohen is a luminary in cybersecurity, and he did some research on how an attacker responds to deception and he found something which seems counterintuitive that even when no deception is in place but an attacker was told that there is deception or led to believe there was deception. He became completely ineffective because he second guessed the output of his own tools. He would break into a real system in the experiment and halfway through back off and say, hey, no, no, I know this is a, this is a decoy. So even when there is no deception, it changes the behavior of the attacker if he believes there is deception. There's a real world analogy of this where you have a number of speed cameras, right? Many of them don't work. But the second you see one of them, you start slowing down. It's the cybersecurity equivalent. Hey,
0: it's like the placebo effect. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. That was great, Sahir. Thanks so much for speaking with us. Thanks again, Varun. That was Sahir Hidayatullah, CEO for Active Defense Pioneers Smokestream Technologies. For ISMG in Asia, this is Varun Haran. Thanks for listening.